Welcome to the Nerd Out and Workout Podcast. Cast, 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 cast. This is Coach Austin here coming to you from Hyper Strength and Conditioning here in San Jose, California. And we are bringing you our Your Nerd Out and Workout podcast where we nerd out and work out and podcast. And today we are nerding out about entrepreneurialism. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but basically, basically entrepreneurship. And I am joined with the godfather himself, Joe Gigantino. I said it right, yeah? Yeah, you did. Papa Jig. You guys don't know who he is. From my point of view, this man, um, one of my mentors, mentored a lot of people here. Uh, a lot of big time gym owners in the Bay Area. <laughs> Those, if you if you own a gym in the Bay Area, you kind of you ran into Joe. You know Joe or Joe's helping you out. That, that's one way she ever form. I'm just saying. Thanks. Um, but he's been through the gamut. He's 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 basically kind of like our Yoda. If you all are, if you were all Jedi's, he's our Yoda, and he's gonna be talking about entrepreneurship his his um his story and at the same time his advice for all you new people who wanna who who think entrepreneurship's like a sexy thing but the actual ins and outs of if you really want to open your own business type of thing if you guys are really looking into that if you're if you're stuck at your job if you hate your job or if you just want to venture out and do something and level up in life and and actually take that risk and and create something of your own and share it with the world i I brought Yoda here to help you out because he's doing it right now and he does it while he's he's just chilling now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, please introduce yourself. Thanks. Um, yeah, Joe Gigantino. I've been here in uh, San Jose since uh, 1990. Uh, transplant from Connecticut. Was born in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Moved out here when I was 12 uh, to the Santa Barbara coastal area. Um, Graduated high school, went on to play uh, junior college football, and then uh, got a scholarship to Fresno State. Uh, met my wife right out of high school, so we've been together going on, uh, going to have our 29th anniversary this year. Congrats. Been together 34 years. Uh, next year will be the big 30, so that'll be great. Hey. Um, came up to San Jose in 1990. Uh, been an entrepreneur ever since I graduated college. Um, and been in the fitness business the whole time. Started selling memberships in Fresno when I got done playing football, my final year of school. Um, that's kind of how I got the bug about fitness and really enjoyed helping people. And I felt like it was a, a clean, fun business. And uh, it's been great for me. Yeah. So what was the biggest moment when you started this journey as a business owner, entrepreneur, all that? Well, I think that the moment that I – once I got done with football and I, and I got a job, um, right, I was still in you know school. I was working at a catering company, and at the end of the two weeks, uh, we were all sitting at the end of the truck, and we got our paychecks. That was before direct deposit and all that. <laughs> I remember, I'm an old guy. And um, I was looking at everybody's check, and we all – and I, I said, man, we all got paid the same. And they, they said, yeah, Joe, we all get the same amount of money. And I said, but I work 10 times harder than you guys. That, is, that doesn't seem fair. And so I went back to the apartment, talked to my girlfriend at the time, who was my wife, and I said, I, I can't do this. I can't, I can't work this hard and only get paid this much. 
Um, she said, hey, there's, I saw a sign at the gym. They're, they're hiring commission-only salespeople. And I said, oh, that's for me. So I went over there, and that's kind of how it started. Dang. So you, so you got, you're a sales guy. Yeah. I, you know, I've always had that uh, sales ability in me. And when I you know, went to the gym and I found out that this guy was going to pay me every time I signed someone up, um, and he said, if you call these slips and invite people in to get a free week pass – and you sign someone up, I'll pay you $25. And I, you know, double checked and triple checked and quadruple checked. Yeah. And I said, so what you're saying is the more people I bring in on these slips that come in and sign up, you'll pay me $25. And he said, absolutely. And I checked with him again. So if I sign up 10 people in a day, you're going to pay me $250. Wow. Yep. If I sign up 20 people, you're going to pay me 500 bucks. He said, absolutely. And that's all I needed to hear. So. Done. I was I was in college and I was making four thousand dollars a month, a thousand a week, getting out of school at twelve, riding my bike over to the gym, and uh, on a Monday I would have appointments set up all day long because me and my girlfriend at the time would um, we would go to the movie theater on the weekends, get a bunch of lead slips, and then we'd call them on a Sunday night, and I'd have twenty thirty appointments for a for a Monday, and if even if fifteen showed, all the other sales guys they were older than me would just be sitting there waiting to start their week, and I was crushing Hurt, it, hungry rushing it i i just i didn't know any better he just said if you sign someone up i'm paying you 25 bucks so the more people i had in front of me the more 25 dollars i saw That's and awesome. i was motivated you got leads from the movie theater i got leads anywhere i would walk around and we would put the fish this was back you know before internet uh <laughs> we would put fish bowls out people would sign up to win a free week i would go to the movies and get popcorn thrown at me and shit thrown at me i'd stand going up and down the aisle saying fill these slips out to Dang. win a free membership and I would walk out with a garbage bag full of leads, and um, I would go back to the dorm on Sunday night, and we would start calling them. You know, people hated getting calls, but, you know, some Doesn't people matter. would show up. It was a yeah. numbers game, and it's always a numbers game. I just worked backwards. If I wanted to make 1000 a week, I just figured out how many memberships I needed to sign up and how many appointments I needed and what my closing ratio was. So that was simple math for me. See, that, it's, it's crazy how you talk about that because that's what it took without Internet. People now, it's like, oh, I just get a Yelp review, I get Googles, and I'll just get on like Facebook and build my following. It's like, dude, no. Like, if you you really think back of how much it really takes, you take out the internet, like take out that crutch, take out that leverage. What do you have? You have yourself. Get yourself. You got to walk up to people. You got to introduce yourself to people. And of course, you know, after I started getting good at it, and I this one gentleman, um, you know, showed me this tip. He said, every time you sign up somebody, draw a little line off their name three little lines and you call that person back three times within the next 30 days and you get three referrals each time from that person you'll have nine referrals if you can get them and from that you're going to you know get another sale and then of course you draw the tree again and you do it again and it's that was networking and so he said at some point you'll never have to call another lead slip or do any external marketing because your, your business will be based on referrals and it exactly worked that way and again didn't know any different so i'd call people back hey just wanted to check in everything going well by the way i'm trying to build my business i need three referrals you have a friend a neighbor you know your babysitter anybody that you can give me a name and number that i can call and invite in for the gym for a free week and i would try to get three on three different occasions and try to get nine and out of those nine, I would sign someone up, of course, and start yeah. it over again. So, Boom. Done. And how, when, when the Internet became more prominent, how did that help you? Uh, you know, again, probably just because I'm old school, I never really – even today's day, we, um, we do consulting for fitness, of course. Mm -hmm. We're on the real estate side. We help – we buy fitness real estate, so we help uh, 
uh, prospective clients that are looking to, um, you know, get a fitness place started. We try to find them a building. We also have an equipment company, but I'm still not that tech savvy. I'm, you know, again, I'm a people person. I want to walk up, talk to you. We do have Instagram. I don't do it, but someone helps run it. Um, I'm not on Facebook, unfortunately, but I am on LinkedIn. Um, and so maybe just because I didn't have that, you know, that technology as a crutch in the beginning, it was just always, you know, picking up the phone, um, or going to meet someone in person. So I'm kind of an in-person per, you know, type of guy. It works. It works. Uh, if you guys don't know, in the beginning when I started my business, Joe drove up to this building that I leased. And he literally just looked around. He's like, oh, I know what you can do here. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I needed help. And uh, he helped a lot. So I can remember the first day you came in and saw me. You were still working at eBay down the street. I, I was. You were working at eBay and you were thinking about opening a gym. And um, we chatted and I said, hey, I, I mean, I don't know, just from our first mi- visit, we had a good rapport and I yeah. said, I'll help you. And um, that's how it turned out. And yeah. I did. Dude, I, oh my God, that's right. I was still working at eBay, bro. Yeah, that was the basketball, basketball location. Yeah. Yep. There's a truck behind us, but don't mind that. It's okay. Um, I'll take you said, Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you said, hey, it's going to be, uh, um, I need a bunch of equipment. I'm starting this gym. Um <laughs> I need to figure out a way to, uh, you know, do some payments and stuff. And I said, let's do it. We did it yes. over, over a year's period of time. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you guys haven't heard, I tell this story too, because they're like, I, I say, I tell people I've opened the gym without dumbbells. I opened the gym with like really used barbells and, and, um, uh, what was it? Joe, one of my, the guy who helped me open this gym, I, I, he worked out a payment system so I can at least get some flooring. <laughs> And, and some, the rig, and I and remember the that. Rig. And the rig, yes, and like, all, like, dude, people thought I spent like a fuck ton of money, but it's like, no, I just, I just made some deals, man. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, um, but you did say what you you did what you said you were gonna do. You said, hey, I'll make it over a year's period of time, and I'll make these payments, and you never miss, and you did it. Yeah, so dude. I, you know, and well, we yeah. do that a lot uh, with the local community, and I feel. You know, it's my responsibility to give back. I've been super successful in the fitness business. Yes. Um, and, you know, when people come in and they need help getting started, um, we do it. We just helped a young lady up in Oakland uh, with her new gym. And that's the hardest part is, you know, outfitting these places. Now, grant you, it's a lot different than what we were doing back 25 years ago when you're opening a gym and you need $100,000 worth of treadmills and $100,000 worth of strength equipment. Yeah. And before you know it, you're into it 300000 just in equipment. Again, these new gyms now, functional training gyms, it's all about the coaching. And so, you know, the coaching is your best asset. The equipment, it doesn't really matter per se. Um, Grant you, some people like to have brand names, but, you know, a weight is a weight. And 45 pounds weighs 45 pounds, no matter what name's on it. Exactly. So, you know, the the equipment is now not the focal point like it was back in the day with Life Fitness and Cybex and, of course, Techno Gym and all the big gyms now. But in these type of gyms like you run and the functional fitness gyms and CrossFit gyms, it's all about the about the people in the community and the, the leadership and the trainers. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you with that. So when in your in your journey, like you you open what was your first gym that you opened? So when I when I after I graduated college, I was still working at the gym. Yeah. Um, in Fresno. And um, the gym owner was, you know, I thought he was my friend. Of course, he was my friend. He was a <laughs> great guy. He was driving around in a Rolls Royce and um, and he had a you know big house and a bunch of cars. And yeah. I'm like, oh. You know, this guy is me. I could be this guy. Yeah. I started wearing the same shirts as him and, you know, trying to dress like him. And it might have freaked him out a little bit because I kept <laughs> I kept bugging him to be, hey, I want to be your partner. I want to be an owner. I want to be an owner. I want to be a partner. And 
uh, I think eventually he got sick of that, and he, he told me to go to San Jose, that he knew a guy in Los Gatos that needed help with his gym and that I could take his system that we had down there in Fresno and help this guy up in um, Los Gatos. So I packed up the car, and me and my wife, newly married, moved up here. Wow. Um, we didn't have a place to live. This guy put us in a hotel for 90 days. Wow. And uh, after 90 days, I figured that um, this I, it was just too tough. He was just making it so tough. We were killing it. We were we were in the town of Los Gatos, and we were ha I had fish bowls, lead slips out at the Andale's burrito that they would call me every single day saying, "Hey, your bowl's full no with way. fifty slips or a hundred slips." And I had garbage bags full of leads. We couldn't go through the leads fast enough. It was kind of new in this People area. People will kill for these leads. <laughs> and um, and after about ninety days, I said, you know, every time I was trying to get a commission on this deal, he was fighting me, and we were we were killing it. We were blowing it up. We were selling three hundred memberships at his place. He had never done those type of numbers, but I think you know. When they start paying you a lot of money, they feel like they can do it themselves. So we uh, wow. we sat down at Baker Square in Los Gatos, which is now oh my flights. God, Baker Square. Baker Square. Yes. I got I got on the payphone. I called my old man, and I said, uh, "Hey, uh, we got no place to go. I need to come home." And he says, "You're not coming home. <laughs> you better figure it out." Which was probably the best advice he could ever did. We figured it out. Um, I got a couple Five, more promotion deals in the Bay Area, helping clubs set up their EFT system. And then, of course, they would ask me to promote and market their gym and bring new members in. And uh, eventually, in 92, I got uh, ownership in Fox River, the athletic club. And that was because I, he was selling the gym. I saw the ad in the newspaper. I don't know if anybody looks at the, uh, the want ads in the newspaper anymore. That, the classified. The um, I went and saw the gym. It wasn't a very nice gym. He said he was selling it. I said, hey, if I come in here for uh, 90 days and promote it and double the membership, you could sell it for more money. He said, yeah, great idea. I went in there. He, he was a, a very smart man. He cut a really tough deal. I worked for 90 days without getting paid. At the end of 90 days, he owed me uh, $32,000 um, because I had done what I said I was going to do. And he says, I don't have the money to pay you, but I'll give you 50% of the gym. Whoa. And I said, okay. And... Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't 50% of the sale price. Now I had doubled the gym, so it was he had increased the price by two times and gave me 50%. But I just needed a place. I needed my, yeah. own, needed my own spot. And within 90 days, I got another location down the street, um, which is still a gym. It's a fitness evolution. Uh, Fit Republic on Hamilton and Meridian. I think I've seen that. Yeah, that gym. So that I, re I leased out that place and opened it in 93 um, out of a trailer pre-sale. Raised about $400,000 in a pre-sale. I had no money. And we opened that gym, and I got a great story about that, um, where someone helped me out, and that's the reason why. Is um, I was about two weeks from opening. I called my buddy, and I said, uh, hey, can you deliver the equipment? He said, great. Uh, this was all the strength equipment. Uh, it was $120,000. I had given him a deposit of twenty, and I said, but unfortunately, I don't have the money to pay you. But I need you to deliver this equipment. If you don't deliver this equipment, I'm going to jail because I can't open this gym. Holy shit. And uh, – he, thank God he did. Um, I told him I'd give him five post-dated checks for $20,000 every two weeks. He could cash. And uh, it went through, thank God. Oh, my God. That's, that's on the line, man. But this is what changed me. At that point in time, when I was leasing that place out, um, the ownership group said, hey, we'll lease you this building. Um, this was uh, 25 years ago. He's, but he said, you'll fail and you won't make it, but we're going to lease you this building anyway. What the fuck? They, um, they still own that building. They owned it free and clear at the time, 25 years ago. They still own it today. And um, they've collected rent every single day since that, since that point. 
since I put a gym there and I eventually sold it. And it's, it's changed over a few times, but I calculate they've made over $10 million. So now you understand why I got into real estate. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, there it is. Because the, they get paid. The landlords get paid. Yeah. PG&E and landlords get paid. It makes sense. Because if you don't pay PG&E, they turn your lights off. Yeah. And if you don't pay your rent, <laughs> they kick you out. Yeah. So Those I two main things, man. So I uh, um, got into my first building. After that, I bought a building in Milpitas, a club. And um, from there, it took off. So how many total did you have? Total locations? Uh, at one time, I had four locations where I owned all the property. And, um, you know, looking back on it, I could have probably expanded a lot faster if I wasn't trying to buy the properties. But thank God I did. Now, of course, I own the properties. And, um, you know, in the Bay Area here, we just got lucky. I got lucky. Um, properties gone up, you know, double in the last 20 years. And, yes. Um, so I was fortunate. Yeah. And um, it was nothing I did. Nothing wasn't being smart. It was just kind of by accident. Yeah, kind of <laughs> by kind of by accident that I bought my first property and then realized that and watching those people going, hey, those guys are getting paid. Yeah. You know, um, and that's how it kind of started. So rolling in a Rolls Royce. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was my motivation. <laughs> yeah. if, he was, if, if he was driving a Rolls Royce in the fitness business, I think I could do the same thing. Yeah. And it was just it was helping people. And I loved getting people started because I wholeheartedly believe if someone walked out that I didn't sign up, I was I was disappointed i was like you could walk out of here to, tonight and die tomorrow of a heart attack because you didn't join up that's wholeheartedly i believe it wasn't about the 25 dollars. now grant you i liked the 25 dollars, but i was really motivated on getting people started in fitness because i said if you start exercising you can save your life it's seen as a duty it's like it's i like just felt duty. like everybody needed to be exercising yep. you know and um at the prices that they were charging back then it was 29 dollars, 39 dollars. it just didn't seem like a lot of money yeah. to exercise and you know, and I'm an avid exerciser. I love fitness, and I think it's hard for some people. They do it because they – it's like taking their medicine. They don't like to take it, but they do it because they know it, they need to. People exercise because they know they need to. I just found a love for it, and it's it's kind of a high for me. Dude, that's sick. Fitness and is great. So now – I mean, at the other end now, you're kind of just like – I mean, you're still killing it. Now – but now you're helping this next generation of entrepreneurs. That's our goal is to next. help the next generation. We have an equipment company. What that does is it allows me to um, kind of find out what's happening in the scene. We don't sell equipment outside the Bay Area. Oh, we don't, wow. Yeah, we don't ship equipment. We're not like Rogue. We don't. We only do local stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't. It, it, again, you know, shipping weights is, you know, it's hard. Um, it's kind of funny. We had a, a customer here, a local customer here the other day. You know, I'm assuming they um, wanted to buy their stuff from Rogue. Uh, but it was too expensive to ship all the dumbbells. Yeah. So they called us and, you know, we deliver them for free. So we did all the dumbbells in the racks and then they called us uh, the day later to say, hey, can you uh, put together our assault bikes? We bought five bikes and our lady looked up and goes, no, you didn't buy any bikes from us. She goes, oh, no, we got them from Rogue. <laughs> and it was like, well, why didn't you buy them from us? And probably because they don't charge shipping on those because they're drop shipped yeah. where, the, where the, the, the weights are, of course, expensive to ship. So they bought them from us. So. We sent the guy over to build them for him and, you know, had to charge him. But, um, you know, we're just trying to educate people in the Bay Area. We have the same equipment everybody else does. We're local. We'd love your business. But, again, I had so much more than just selling equipment just like for you. I mean, I, you know, been in touch with you since the day I met you. Yeah. Trying to help you out and, you know, see you grow. And I've given you some great advice on what to do on the next steps. Um, you know, and, again, helped you by financing this gym for you. This is great. No, this is awesome. And what is your advice for those – who kind of want to take that leap of faith of being in business for themselves, joining the thing. Cause I, I know like we were talking about this before the episode started that 
you know, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I have seen kind of a spike of people wanting to kind of, you know, build their own path and be an entrepreneur. But I feel like it's kind of like a sexy thing more than an actual dude. This is like serious shit. Like you're going to get into it. You're going to get into it type of thing. Well, I think in the Bay Area here, you, uh, you know, everybody has to have multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the day and age of just working at a tech company and making a hundred thousand dollars and thinking you're going to get by it, it, it doesn't work as you mm -hmm. as you know and maybe some of your listeners from out of the area they might not understand that if you're living in the middle of the country mm -hmm. and you're making a hundred thousand dollars you're living nice here mm -hmm. in the bay area it's difficult so mm -hmm. everybody's got to have a couple different paths now hard to have two full-time jobs so what do you do you have to do something on your own you have to do something entrepreneurial you have to either create a product or a service or train on the side or consult or do something that's going to bring an extra income. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, this whole um, economy, I think they call it the digital economy with the internet. Now you, yeah. can, you can open up your own shop. Um, you could be a consultant, you could, you know, and if you really focus in on a niche, you can be an expert very quickly on the internet, you know, through social media. Um, again, no one has to anoint you, uh, you know, that person, you just do it yourself. You just say, I'm an expert in this field. You know, I'm an expert at, you know, senior fitness or, you know, children's, uh, you know, exercise or athletic training. And you build upon that. Um, so I think a lot of people are becoming entrepreneurs. I think it's great. I mean, I, I tell my kids, hey, you got to have multiple streams of income. My daughter works at a high tech company, but now she's working on her, you know, kind of her other streams of income. That's good. No, that's really need good. To. Yeah, you need to. What is the what are the three biggest mistakes new business owners make? Uh, I would assume that they. Um, when they're doing their numbers and they're doing their, uh, um, what's it, uh, their projections, they're just not realistic on what the sales are going to be in the beginning and what the expenses are. Mm. And so they should always run that by someone that's already in business or someone that's in that business that's maybe not, that they're not going to compete with, um, that they can look at that and say, hey, you, you need to bump this up, you need to bump this up, you need to reduce this, and, you know, sales are going to take a little bit longer to you know, materialize, your margins are a little bit too high. Because again, all we're basing our things on assumptions in a spreadsheet. And we look at the spreadsheet. And of course, if we tweak the numbers, we can make the end number look good. Of hey, I'm going to make $100,000. <laughs> and then I can show sure. an investor and they're yeah. like, uh, if they're not educated, they're going to go, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Someone, someone that's smart is going to look at that and go, you know what? Uh, your rent at a dollar <laughs> square foot for this fitness facility is not going to happen. Yeah. Now, unless you're going you know, down to Hollister or yeah, Salinas, exactly. you're not going to find a dollar a square foot. No, you're going to yeah. be at, you know, 250 to $3 a square foot yeah. with triple net. So, you know, and do that and all this. And then, you know, again, payroll is another big number. Yep. I mean, in, in the fitness industry here in the Bay Area, um, a lot of people have got hurt on the bigger, you know, box fitness because of the payroll. So oh, wow. if you're, you know, we always back in the day, we're, we try to keep our payroll at 33% of gross sales. So if you're doing $100,000 in sales, payroll should max out at about $33,000. Um, payroll in the Bay Area has gone up 30, 40%. I'm just going from, you know, eight, nine, 10. Now we're at what, close to $15 yeah. for, for minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's I have like, no employees. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, but uh. it's, you know, at $15, <laughs> you better change your formula. Exactly. And, and if you were making a 10% margin or a 15% margin on, you know, for profit, and all of a sudden you just got hit with a 30% increase in, in, in wages. What do you do? Exactly. You're screwed. Exactly. So unfortunately, um, you know, it's, there, you know, two sides of the fence. I'm not saying it's bad or good for, you know, minimum wage to get hiked. Right. 
but it's you need to adjust your model. You need to think about that. Yeah, you need to put add add that into your factor. If you're at thirteen dollars an hour now, um, I think that's where we're at in the Bay Area, and it's going to fifteen. You better make that adjustment in your projections to make sure that you you know get another forty, fifty members to cover that. I remember I was talking to you about this before the podcast. Is working backwards, know your numbers, mm -hmm. and make sure every single day you're 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 doing what you need to do because you wear a million hats and you know you have a, a staff, but everybody has to be focused on the goal, which is X amount of numbers. We it doesn't work unless there's sales, and you know sometimes people in training, sales is a dirty word. We don't mm -hmm. like it. We don't mm -hmm. want to market. We don't want to sell mm -hmm. people. Um, when you believe in your product, you're not selling, of course. And if you have the best training in the area for what you do, then it's not selling. It's just introducing people and you just have to introduce yourself to more people and get more people in the, in the, in the, in the gym. So knowing your numbers, not like the biggest mistakes would be like not knowing your numbers, underestimating how much you really need to be making. Yeah. Make, yeah. It, numbers are huge. Yeah. And, you know, we just sometimes have an idea and then we go into it blindly and you know, and I'm not saying that's wrong because a lot of people have done that and they've, you know, hit, hit, a, had a bunch of success. But if you're starting out like I started out, where at the end of the month, you had to make sure you had enough money to pay people to pay payroll, um, you better know your numbers. Because yeah. I, I didn't have any money. I didn't have investors. I didn't have people behind me. Grant, you now people start up companies and they, they have a year's worth of cash flow in the bank or they've got investors. That's a different story. Uh, and when you work under the gun where you have to make enough money to make sure you can pay your rent and your payroll and your PG&E the next month, um, that's stress. And that's, you mm -hmm. know, but that's pressure. Also, and I like working under that type of pressure. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I would have had a lot of money in the bank, I would have probably maybe not um, worked as hard because I knew I had a cush. Exactly. So. Yeah, no, the, the, I totally agree with the pressure because it gets you into this another level of, like, action. It's like, yeah, oh, and, you know, and how many times can we rearrange the equipment? How many times can we go and mop down the floor? Yeah. You know, we can always find things to do. But what we need to do is get on the computer, get on the phone, and make those 20 or 30 phone calls, invite some old members back in, get a guest in, get a new appointment, and get, get people in the gym to join. That's good. Now, out of your experience through these years of training, what was the weirdest fitness trend that you saw? Like the weirdest, like, you're like what, really? Like, like it got big? And like, what is the weirdest one out of them all? Well, I, I don't know if it's the weirdest. It's um, I all I know is when I poo pooed a, a concept, of course, it was going to be absolutely a hit because <laughs> uh, when we started the Meridian Athletic Club there in 93, um, we were doing what we called pace circuit. And it was a uh, pneumatic equipment um, in a in a circle with a cardio piece in between like a jump oh, board okay. yeah, or yeah, a jump yeah, yeah, rope. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then there was a pneumatic machine, like a shoulder press and you could adjust the tension by turning the knob. And then there was an instructor in the middle and we were doing really well. My wife was teaching the class and we were packed. We'd have 20 people in the class. We'd have to sometimes add more cardio stations. And the gentleman that was selling the equipment came to me and said, um, Hey, do you think this would ever work in a standalone, you know, storefront, like 800 square feet? And I'm like, hell no it needs to be in a gym and it needs to be part of a big community yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course curves you know was born That's out of that all, yeah. um the guy became a billionaire and uh that that was curves and i still think there's curves out there Are today you talking to the guy? uh not not the actual guy that started curves but i mean i could have been the guy that started curves <laughs> this guy the equipment salesman brought it to me on a silver platter uh, but and, yes, you don't know and i poo-pooed it because it's like well I just never thought because I was into the big box gyms at the time. But of course, looking back at that, um, it was, uh, you know, it was absolutely amazing. And 
they franchised that business. They never marketed. They franchised by word of mouth. People that were in the class, predominantly women, would go home and yep. you know say, "Hey, I'm thinking about opening this new business. We I was at this class, and there's a area down you know in the next town we can open one up and." Husband and wife go open it up, and, and it was a great business because it was early in the morning, shut down in the afternoon, and you go back at night. And they did a handful of classes, and it was predominantly women, but it was a great circuit. It was kind of the beginning of the circuit. Yeah. You know, of course, then when CrossFit came in, we were big in the CrossFit community in Milpitas. Um, props to uh, Austin and um, who else was there at the time? Rudy Ott, um, Austin Bjorgen um, with Milpitas uh, CrossFit, Vito. Uh, I remember Austin came to me at the gym and said, hey, my mom's doing CrossFit in San Francisco. Do you think we could do it here at the gym? And I said, let's try it. And, um, of course, we started doing the classes. And then we said, hey, we should open up a CrossFit inside the gym. Um, we looked uh, down the weight room, and there was Jason Kalipa working out on the bench press. And we said, <laughs> we said Jason. <laughs> remember, Jason had started working for me when he was in high school. Origin story. We said, we said Jason, Kalipa. come over here and try this CrossFit thing. He's like, what? And, of course, uh, we know the story from there. And I can remember that year after Jason got started, I was um, in Prescott because I owned a building and a club in Prescott, Arizona. And I met with um, uh, Glassman and his wife at the wow. time. And we were having lunch. And I said, hey, you don't have any videos of uh, Jason Kalipa on your website or anything. And he said, who is that? And I said, well, he's the guy that's going to win the CrossFit Games this year. And um, he said, he didn't know who he yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so, what? but that was down in Aromas and whatever was it, 2008? I, I forget what year he won it. And uh, I remember, yeah, I should I remember that. Right. And um, and he, Glassman came up to me at the end of that crossfit, walked straight up to me, shook my hand, and said, "Man, you were right. How did you know that guy was going to win?" And I said, "Well, because he's got the <laughs> biggest freaking heart in the world. Yeah. I mean, his heart is like twice the size of anybody else's." Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, the story took off from there. So. That's crazy. Yeah, man. it was great. And and plus I trained with him. So I was training with him and I knew how tough he was. Me and Jason did our certification together. Oh wow. Down in San Diego, our CrossFit cert. Yeah, I think everyone was at that point was going to San Diego. Yeah, right? it was a lot. There was a lot down in San Diego. They weren't in um but I'll tell you, you know, uh Glassman in meeting him and talking with him, um it was uh, uh I mean he he was specific on his goals. He wanted ten thousand locations, yeah. he never wanted to sell a product. Um, he just wanted to sell certifications and put people in business. And I think he did a fantastic job of sticking to his goals. Um, this was in the beginning stages of CrossFit. He invited me to his team meeting, which was out of his house at, at the time. The business was still running out of his house. And there must have been 25 people there. Um, and we were uh, the discussion at that time was about the CrossFit games and how to you know, make the CrossFit games grow and escalate. And this is, gonna, this is only the second year they had had it. So this was the third year. And um, I was talking about marketing. Because I was coming from the health club side uh -huh. and talk about being the odd guy out. I mean, I had looks. They, if they could have killed, looks could kill. So after the meeting, after I made a bunch of suggestions about putting a free pass on the website and, you know, and you need to help some of these affiliates with marketing. Um, Glassman came up to me and said, hey, you don't fit in this group, man. These guys, these people don't like you. No way. Yeah, because I was a marketer. I was a health club guy. And they were all about coaching, which which they stuck to their guns and they did. And it ended up working. Um you know, super successful as everybody knows CrossFit. Sure. And I think it, I think it changed the fitness industry um, for guys like you that can charge good fees because we were in the health club business charging low fees, nineteen dollars a month for a you know million dollar health club. Yeah. And Glassman's concept was coaching will prevail. Yep. And it did. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they were charging one hundred fifty. Now, what is it? Two hundred bucks to do a CrossFit. Two twenty. Yeah, two twenty. And, and it's all I because of like, yeah. all because of coaching. 
I mean, it's not about the equipment. It's not about the space. Now, granted, some CrossFits are in nicer spaces now, but it's all about the coaching. And that was his, you know, thing. Coaching will prevail. We don't need marketing. We need coaching. And it turned out, uh, he turned out to be right. Now, Grant, your marketing still works. You see big, you see big fitness clubs doing well. Uh, uh, Planet Fitness does a tremendous job. Uh, Lifetime Fitness, 24-Hour Fitness. You know, so there's, there's a lot of gyms out there that do well with the marketing side. But yeah. uh, CrossFit, I think, has really transformed uh, fitness. Uh, so people are okay paying $150 for fitness. You know, back in the day, you know, they were, didn't want to pay 19 I Yeah, I remember, like, as a trainer, when, uh, when, when CrossFit was, was coming up 08, 09, and I was asking the, the gym that I was renting as a contractor out, they just switched over to the CrossFit. And um, what was it? Uh, I was like, how much are they charging the members now? And they're like, oh, 120, 130. And I was like, what? Yeah. People are paying 120. Yeah, that was like the beginning of it. And it got it got pretty big. I remember that. Well, look at businesses now like um, Orange Theory, you know. And, yeah. You know, you know, now here in the Bay Area, Grant, you, you know, again, we're in the Bay Area. So you might have a gym membership. You might have an Orange Theory membership. You might have a yoga membership. You yeah. might be paying three, four hundred dollars a month in fitness just for fitness. But it's, you know, it's big. It's big in California. It's an investment now. It's an investment. And, you know, another thing that's changed in this industry is back in the day, you know, because I'm on the real estate side, uh, centers and shopping centers, uh, malls, they never wanted fitness because we ate up a lot of parking. Right. You know, now with the downturn in the retail business, we are a gem for a, um, you know, for a retail center. That's actually a good point. So, you know, um, oh, well, look at, you know, our mall here, West Valley, they just, you know, blew that thing up and put another billion dollars in. And it's fitness and entertainment because retail is starting to slide. People are buying more things on the internet. And so what do they want? They want orange theories. They want yoga. Bad. People are coming in for 30 or for an hour class. And then what do they do? They go shop after. So a couple of the realtors that are from Santana Road Valley Fair, they're like, Hey, you guys want to open a location here? And I'm like, yeah. the fuck? <laughs> well, Barry's boot camp's just opening up. Yeah. So, you know, and again, um, they want fitness because after that people go out and they spend money at the juice bar, exactly. they spend money at, you know, groceries and different things. So, uh, I like that about fitness. Of course, you know, hard to buy a building inside a mall or inside yeah. a strip center. Yeah. Um, so we still look for, you know, single, uh, you know, tenant buildings that we could just put one tenant in for fitness if it's studio fitness or big box fitness. Dude. And what are the biggest projects you have right now? Say you mentioned you're in real estate now from the gym. You went from gym owner now to like. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, landlord, it's fun. We, uh, we're still a net buyer of fitness property. Um, we don't try to buy things where there's already a tenant in there. We try to find a, buy a building that we can convert into fitness. And then we go out in the community cause we know a lot of people now being in the equipment side, who's looking for space. I, you're one of them. Um, that might be <laughs> looking for, uh, always, always looking for bigger space. <laughs> so when we find something that, that works for fitness, we'll, uh, purchase it and then, you know, try to contact the people that we think would be the right fit for it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's one of my biggest goals next year. One of the big projects we did last year, not even though it's this year, but we did uh, Lucas uh, Studios. We did their gym up there. And um, these I know, guys, I know you're into, you know, Marvel. and I'm not a big, but hey, I do know Star Wars. My wife loves you, Star but Wars. You got to work at the Lucas Films. Like, so, ladies and gents, uh, Kaliba got the Lucas Film account. Yeah, he, he, he got me the job there. Yeah. Yeah. So Kaliba brought you on to redo the the gym at Lucasfilms in San Francisco, right? It's up in, uh, uh, it's up. Uh, it's like that. North. Yeah, it's there. It's the ranch. The Luke ranch. Is, yeah. So Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker Ranch. So you were on Skywalker Ranch. Oh yeah. Oh, so this guy was in Skywalker Ranch redoing the gym. 
How did, was that process? Did, just real funny. Did you ever see the Big Bang Theory where they were going? I don't know if you watch Big Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I they, Big they Bang. were they were going to a conference and they 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 drove up to Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. And they they they, they, they wanted to get in. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember being at that gate. Now, Grant, it was the movie, so they didn't use the same gate. But yeah, we had to go to the same gate, check in. Anytime I had workers coming up, they always had to check in. And of course, there was some statues of Yoda and different things around. And yeah, you couldn't take pictures. You know, they, oh, really? No, but of course, my wife was trying to, and I'm like, "You're gonna get us kicked out even before we get the job." <laughs> I was gonna ask you, like, could you take selfies with it? Or um, we we try to keep it professional, but They're they really uh, they wanted that. a really unique concept. They wanted a uh, more of a. They had a conference center there that they were uh, putting together. They put big conferences on, like people that changed the world, Oprah Winfrey, and um, oh my you know gosh. different type of people that would come in and speak. And so they wanted a a hotel type gym along with a CrossFit gym kind of integrated. And we were able to kind of like a hybrid. Yeah. Like a hybrid. And we worked with Jason to create that. Um, we did everything from the flooring to all the equipment. It came out wonderful. And we felt like we hit a home run on it. So we wow. like doing projects like that. We're doing a lot more corporate gyms. Corporate gyms now are really struggling with that type of uh, a dynamic as they have the old uh, health club gym inside mm -hmm. the business. People have put earphones on and run on the treadmill. There's no communication. Nope. There's no collaboration. Mm -hmm. And then you have this younger generation that wants you know, uh, you know, community mm -hmm. and, and body weight and open space yep. and, and that type of exercise. So uh, companies are grappling with mirroring those or trying to find extra space for that. So we go in and we consult with these companies on how to bring that together. Um, we love that part of the business. We do a lot of high school gyms in the area that are uh, upgrading their gyms now. Nice. Apartment buildings. And then we did over 150 garage gyms last year. Just people that want to uh, have their own gym at their house. There's been like a sudden influx of garage gyms, correct? Yeah, it, it's great. I, you know, and again, I think, you know, um, younger people getting married and, you know, you're, you're paying 180 bucks a person to go to a CrossFit gym. Before you know it, for $4,000, you can have your, your gym out, you know, your garage gym outfitted. And, you know, you want to get a 20-minute blast before you have dinner. You know, you go out there and do, do your do workout. There you, you know? go. Then do you just walk you, in, shower, and Yeah, then grab your assault bike and crank it out and then go inside. And my wife always says if I'm cranky, just go outside, get a workout <laughs> in. And, uh, and, then, and then I come back and I'm fine. Kind of true. Yeah. yeah, my wife says that to me too. Did you work out? Yeah. Like, not the last three days. She's like, you need to go work yeah, out. Yeah, go work <laughs> out. You're pissing yeah. me off. <laughs> oh, it just takes 20 minutes. I go yeah, in there, do some burpees, like, do a little complex, right, and I'm inside, and I'm fine. What is the biggest advice you could give to any young entrepreneur guy that's one big one big advice? I know we did the mistakes, but what's yeah, one big advice? Um, I think the advice is um, just have faith in yourself. Don't uh, allow people to, um, you know, to, to knock you off course. Uh, there's a lot of negative people out there, yeah. and uh, a lot of times that's derived from jealousy. Um, people don't want to see people do well or – you know, why do you need to do that? You got a great job. Why do you have to start something else? And um, I just say, follow your heart, follow your passion. Um, don't let people uh, derail you and, uh, you know, set your path. And um, I always, my coach always used to say, plan your work and work your plan. So you got to have a plan, plan your work and work your plan. Ooh, plan he also taught me what Lombardi said was, to be early is to be on time, to be on I'm time is to be late. That's why I showed up 15 minutes early. Oh, my God. That's a good one. That's solid. Thank you, Joe, for coming on to this episode, to the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, guys, for listening. Follow us at, uh, what was it, at Nerd Out and Workout. Uh, Joe, anything you want to plug? Um, if you want, um, our um, uh, Instagram is Weights and Bars here in San Jose. Um, my email is joe at workout.com if anybody that's a cool wants. Um, that's a cool well, that's another whole podcast. <laughs> Uh, I sold that domain uh, back, um, God, 
it's a, it's a it's a podcast, but basically for seven figures. Um, Workout.com. At, at the time of my life, when I was one of the lowest parts of my life, I got a call out of the blue from an attorney that said, "Hey, I got a guy that wants to buy your domain," and uh, um, I said, "Yeah, let's do it." And it was at a time where I was praying and I needed it, and uh, and I and I sold it. But he, and the Dang. and the person, and I don't know who the person is. Um, they were uh, kept a veil behind a, a wow. bunch of attorneys, and. Um, I call that person my guardian angel because they saved me and uh, they have allowed me to use the domain, the, my email, me and my sister. And I have a friend that has, they just allow you. They, they've allowed me to use the workout. I, I have no other email, but you don't know who this person is. I had no, nope. But me, my sister and a friend of mine have a workout.com email. And I've been able to use that since I've sold it uh, over, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Oh my gosh. That is another but that story is a funny story because I had bought that when I had my first company. And when I sold the company, it went along with it, um, and I'll make it quick. That company went bankrupt, and I went to an auction. He took it. And I bought it. It was the last thing on the Smart. docket, and they said $500 for the domain, and I raised my hand. Everybody Smart. else was leaving. I bought it for 500 bucks, and uh, that's how the story goes. So. Smart. Oh, we got to oh, But if anybody needs any it. you know, advice or wants to contact me about uh, you know, getting a place or buying a, a, a building and stuff like that, I'm always willing to help. Joe is your guy. Thank you so much for coming on again. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. This is Coach Austin. We at Hyper Strength, the Gishing Styles of California, with Joe Gigantino. And we'll see you guys later. Goodbye.